All right, I'm so excited that I get to speak to you guys today. Um, and yes, Pastor Chris is actually attending his grandson's uh, baptism. And what an awesome way to just segue into what we're getting ready to talk about, because Kale has made the decision to follow in obedience and respect God's authority in his life. And therefore, that's what we get to talk about today. So obviously, we're going over the, uh, the series that we're doing uh, during this next month and a half on character. And last week, you got to hear Uh, from Pastor Chris, talk about building character in your children and what that means and what that looks like. Today, I get to talk to you about a topic that sometimes can be a little on the more controversial side. And obviously, this is about your parenting. And today, I get to talk specifically about how you as a parent are teaching your child respect and obedience for authority. Now, I'm kind of disturbed at the things that I get to see on social media, on websites, even on TV, even the TV shows that we see, how they promote sometimes the disrespect for authority, the disrespect for adults, and how that comes from children. And I had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home where respect and authority was just part of our everyday. We didn't have a choice. We didn't have any other choice but to just obey the first time. Um, But the Bible says that even a child is known by his doing, and we obviously know by how he or she acts. And one of the ways that a child's character is revealed by how they respond to authority. And, you know, parenting is a a controversial thing, and it's a really complicated issue. Um, There's plenty of bookstores. Uh, there's plenty of magazines, there's people who attend millions and millions of workshops and courses and things like that that are out there from really world-renowned people who have like the alphabet at the end of their name. But you know what's interesting? Sometimes if you look at like the biographies of the people who've written these resources, a lot of times they don't even have children themselves. So I don't know how I can respect somebody who doesn't necessarily have a child telling me how to raise mine. So I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm just going to be direct, my only guidebook is this. Okay? Just first and foremost, this is my only guidebook that I use when we're raising our children. Um, And God has lots and lots to say about how we raise our children and how we raise them in the nurture and admonition of Him. And we're going to start off by uh, opening up with uh, the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, or if not, it'll be up on the screen. But Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, specifically gives out a directive for children. And it specifically says, Children, obey your parents. Because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. What is it saying to children right now? Oh, come on. You can say obey. Obey. Absolutely. And you're obeying why? Because you belong to who? To the Lord. So I'm here to tell you right now, your children are not technically yours. Okay? Your children belong to God. They've been given on loan to us, and we're here to raise them and to nurture them, and to provide for them, and to be wonderful, great examples. But our children don't belong to us. They belong to the Lord. And then because they belong to the Lord, he's giving them a directive. He's saying, obey. Is he giving them an option? No. And you tend to see this in social media, and on TV, and on different places, where they're allowing the child to make the choice, and they're allowing the child to make the decision. I don't know about you, but in my house that I was raised... I didn't get the choice to make the decision. If I had made the choice to make my own decision in my house, I would get what is called pop out. And everybody who's in, in Latino world here, everybody knows what pop out is. You know, it's, it's that discipline. It's that corrective discipline that you get when you act out. And I don't know what it was like in your house, but I just knew better. Um, what's interesting, though, is that verse 2 in Ephesians chapter uh, 6 actually goes on to say, 
honor your father and your mother. So honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. So right away, not only is he saying, children, obey your parents, okay, because this is the right thing to do, but he's also saying, honor your father and your mother. And then this is a commandment with a promise. And if you look in verse 3, it goes on to say, if you honor your father and your mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on earth. So think about it. How many of you have or can remember moments in your life where you probably dishonored or disrespected or went against the grain with your parents? Everybody's hand in here should be raised, okay? I can remember a specific example, and I didn't get in trouble very much, and even my parents are here to, to, to say that, but I can remember a specific example. I was 15 years old, and everybody remembers being 15. You're just kind of knuckleheaded, and you just make a, a silly choice, and you know, that little bit of testosterone that sort of kicks in for a, a teenager at that moment, and I can remember I was having some kind of discussion you know, with, my, with my family, and specifically with my mom. Many of you guys know my mom, Lillian Rodriguez, okay? And I decided to have a little moment of bravado, and I was going to, still remembering this moment, I decided that I was going to have a little bit of bravado and sort of show her up or chump her up, and I, I sort of did that. <laughs> now again, you guys know Lillian Rodriguez, right? So when that happened, the next thing I knew we were literally nose to nose. And she's like five foot nothing. So when we were nose to nose, I could literally remember her words vividly. She said, don't you ever do that to me again. And then in the words of a famous comedian, I brought you in this world and I'll take you out. And she was serious. She would have taken me out. I would have probably had to have like plastic surgery on my face and, and all kinds of stuff because she would have done so. But she did it because I didn't do what God was telling me to do, which was to obey my parents and to honor my mother and my father. But guys, that comes from you as parents. We have an intense responsibility to raise our children the way God wants us to raise them. And God does have a requirement for children. He specifically talks about that. He says, children obey your parents. When, that, when you hear the word obey, that word also has another meaning. It's called hearken. And that word hearken means to pay attention, to listen, and to concentrate on the commandment of that authority. God has put us as parents in authority over our children. And we have to take that responsibility seriously. But then that means that we have to lead them and guide them. But how are we going to lead them and guide them? Well, first and foremost, you've got to stay in this. If you're not in this, then guess what? You're never going to be able to lead and guide your children. And this is our guidebook. And I'll just quickly say this. If there are people here who don't know what it is to have a true relationship with Jesus, and you've never said yes to Jesus, then guess what? Today is that day for you to get that taken care of. Because you can easily transform that generational sin that you may have grown up with, and you can change that today. So when we think about that, children are, are to be taught to listen, to obey authority, and especially the authority of their parents. Now, we all know that inside every little kid, there's that little bit of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, okay, where one minute they can be the sweetest little thing, and then the next minute it's like their head spins and they turn into a completely different person. And obviously, we all have heard things like the terrible twos or the awful threes, 
But it's really not just for two and three-year-olds. I know 10-year-olds that have gone crazy. I know some 20-year-olds that have gone crazy. And I actually can even say that I've seen some adults who are way older than 20 years old going crazy and pitching a temper tantrum. But when you think about it, why is this? Well, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 22:15, a child's heart is filled with foolishness. They are born with that sin nature. But our job is to model Jesus, is to model Christ. And when we model Jesus and we model Christ, they can then see that example, and one day they can easily want that. The heart is always seeking. But children are literally filled with this foolishness, this desire to sin, and our job is to correct that. And so when you think about it, it also says a child's heart is filled with foolishness, but physical discipline will drive it away. Now, before people start throwing things up here, I'm not promoting corporal punishment. I'm not saying beat your kids or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. Now, I bet everybody in here could raise their hand and said that they probably got a whooping at one point in their life because, it, oh, first hand right there. Yeah, there, there have been moments, but think about it. Why do you think we have such an increase in divorce rates? Why do you think we have an increase in alcohol and drug usage? Why do you think we turn on the news and we hear these high schoolers coming into a high school with guns and knives and shooting up a school? It's because we've got parents who aren't doing their job. And, I, and if you allow me to speak to you directly, thank you, because I'd like to just literally speak to you directly from God's word. We have a responsibility as parents to train our children in the way that they need to go. And Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will, he will not depart from it. If you start this in their foundational years, okay, you can easily train up your children in the way that they should go, and that way is only Jesus's way. And if you continue that, I'm going to tell you, the major part of biblical parenting is to help our children to resist those stubborn, those self-centered desires, and to submit to the authority. Now, God has put people in authority over children. But guess what? We also have authority as well. So how you respond to authority, your children are going to see that. When you're sitting here bashing others who have maybe been put into you know, a specific authoritative position over you, like your boss, like leadership at a church, or, or any other kind of leadership um, that you are under, when they see how you respond to that, that's how they're going to respond. So remember, we are that example as they are. But we also have a directive for children, because in Ephesians 6, 1 through 2, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And to honor your father and your mother, because this is the first commandment with a promise. Following a child's disobedience, I mean, sorry, following a child's obedience is their honor. Okay? When you think about it, the word honor means to, like, put a high value on something. Think about something that's really, really precious to you, that you own or that you have. And you put a high value to that. You put that thing, like, on a pedestal. Well, that's exactly what children are called to do, to honor their father and their mother. The same way that you have seen your little one as being this gorgeous baby with the 10 fingers and the 10 toes and their little tiny nose and that little face and they smell delicious and everything else, and you, and you find them as precious, children are supposed to find their parents as precious as well. But are you living up to that? Are you living up to being precious to your children? so that they would continue or want to honor you. I'm sure that many of you have, um, as, as parents, have probably 
experience a moment where you've had to correct your child or discipline them in such a way? What happens after you've disciplined them and they stop being mad at you for disciplining them? What happens? They come right up to you, they cuddle up in your lap, they nuzzle with you, and there's that tender moment. Well, guess what? As adults, we do the same thing with God. When God has had to show us that what we have done is wrong and he has to correct us, there's that special tenderness that happens. And we wind up crawling up into Jesus' lap and then we cuddle with him and saying, I want to be there with you. I want to be one with you again, Jesus. Now, by teaching our children to obey and honor authority, we're helping them to develop good character. We have it up here. This is why we're even talking about this. It's been said that character is who we are when no one's looking. So I say this to you now. We're all here in church, and everything is very kumbaya and ha ah, right now. But what happens when you leave here? Are your children seeing the same Jesus that they're seeing right now when they go home? Are they still seeing the person that you are with your hands raised and praising Jesus and hallelujah and everything else? Are they still seeing that when they go home? Or are you a different person when you go home? Because remember, children are like sponges. They will model everything that they see at home. And if they see mom and dad doing the same thing here and doing the same thing at home, then they will tr want to model that. But if not then they're going to model that same behavior that you're demonstrating to them. Now, how can parents help prepare their children? Ephesians 6, 4 specifically says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, the word admonition, okay? Those of you who've gone through our life group um, series that we just uh, finished, or those of you that maybe still be going through that community um, uh, section in the life group, you probably went over what it is to admonish faithfully, which means the word admonish means to reprimand, to rebu rebuke, or even reprove, okay? Which means to help correct behavior when beha bad behavior comes out. Now, this is our job as parents. And why do you think God specifically says fathers? Okay, think about that. He says fathers. We have a huge epidemic in our society. And that epidemic is called fatherlessness. We have many, many women jumping into a role of not only being mother, but also being father to their children. And God never called a woman to be a father to a child. And many homes don't have that demonstration of leadership. And that leadership, it comes right from God's word, comes from the father. And we have... Fathers who are not taking responsibility in their homes. We have fathers who have either disconnected, for those that are still married, have disconnected from their families and just go to work and then come home and think it's their wife's responsibility to raise these children. That is not your wife's responsibility. It is a co-responsibility, okay? And for those of you single mothers who have had to do this on your own, I'd like to give you guys a round of applause for all that you have had to experience. Because being a mom and a dad to children was never what God intended for you. Never what God intended. But whenever God can't find a man, he will find a woman to put in that place. And we have even seen examples of that in God's word. But that's the point that we want to bring home here. We want to break that generational sin cycle. So ladies that don't necessarily have that male influence for their children... 
you have men here at Skyline who are willing to stand in that gap for you. So please, if there's ever a moment where you feel that you want to be able to have that example for your children, we have men right here who are willing to help you and to help bring and exhort you and your family up. But for men who do have children here, we have a huge responsibility. It specifically says that we are to be a light and a symbol for, of Christ in our homes. And how do you do that? Well, first and foremost, like I said from the beginning, you have to do that by opening this up. This can't be just a dust collector on your mantle or on your shelf. You need to be in God's word each and every day, finding out all the truths and everything that he has specifically for you so that you can raise those children in the nurture and admonition of him. And that means that we have a responsibility, like the book of James says in chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. It says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted work which is able to save your souls. But this is something that is key right here. But be doers of the word and not just hearers. You can sit here and listen to me for the next several hours if you wanted. But if you don't do what God is telling you to do, what does it matter? You cannot just sit here and listen to your sermons and listen to your worship music and do all this stuff and not apply what God is asking you to apply in your life. He is calling you to a huge responsibility. And he's literally telling you in here, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because guess what? If you just listen and you don't do, you're deceiving yourself. And you're deceiving others around you. You're being what is called a hypocrite. You're choosing to be something completely different than what God is telling you to do, which is why I asked at the beginning, how many of your children actually can see the same Jesus that they see here when they go to your house? When you leave here, when you leave and get in that car, are they seeing that same Jesus that you've then professed while you've been in here? For anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. How many of you before you got here looked in the mirror? Okay, everybody's looking good out here. And everybody made sure that all their hair was nice and quaffed. And ladies, you made sure your makeup. And guys, if you wore some makeup today, whatever. Uh, but if any of you came and looked in the mirror before you got here, okay, you made sure that everything looked good. But the thing is, is the way he's, he's talking about it here, if you actually look at yourself in the mirror, it gives us a picture of what God wants us to be like. Do you recognize that person that you see? Do you recognize who God created you to be, the responsibility he gave you as a parent, and do you see exactly what he is asking of you? And when you look at yourself in that mirror, do you see a changed person or do you see that old person that just sits here and put, puts on a good talk and never does anything? And are your children seeing that? You know, but James also reminds us that listening or hearing and then walking away and forgetting it, guess what that is? That's defiance to God. That's disobedience. It's exactly what we're talking about here. We're wanting to raise our children, train them up to be people who are lovers of God's word. And if we're not doing exactly that same exact thing, then unfortunately, our kids are going to emulate that. They're going to model that same kind of behavior. God doesn't want to, us to just see the truth. He wants us to change our lives 
by keeping his commandments. God has literally given us a rule book right here. We always say, oh, but, you know, parenting doesn't really have a book. Well, no, there, no one, there's plenty of written things out there, but some of it's just gibberish. It's just all nonsense. But he's given us the guidebook right here. If you're setting yourself up in God's word the way you are supposed to, and you are keeping yourself in God's word the way you need to on a daily basis, then absolutely you're going to be able to raise your children in the nurture and admonition. Now, does that mean that they're always going to follow every little thing? No, because that's part of the sin nature. I told you I, I was raised in a, in a Christian home, but at 15 years old, I decided to have a knucklehead experience, and I learned from that. And my wife Ashley and I have chosen, from before we even then started dating and even got married, we chose that we were going to raise our children with God at the center of our home. And if you have never made that a priority for you, I beg of you, I beg of you to make sure that you are keeping Christ at the center of what you do each and every day. And again, if you don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt whether or not you have actually said yes to Jesus at any point, we can get that taken care of for you today. You know, I, um, I wanted to I'm going to have my, my daughter is actually going to be coming out here in just a minute and uh, have a little quick interview. But before I actually bring her out, I just wanted to talk about, you know, respect and obedience for authority is one of the best gifts that you can actually give your child. And again, Proverbs 22, 6 um, says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know, as parents, our ultimate goal is to make sure that we train up our ch children to lead a godly life. And if children learn to love God and learn uh, to love others and obey God while they're young, there's a good chance that they will stay on that same path. There's a good chance that they will actually learn these things, and when they're older, they'll get to actually show that to others. And even for those of you who have older children, you might think, oh, I don't know, I've made so many mistakes, and I don't know if, if my kid will even learn this stuff now. It's never too late. With God... All things are possible. With man, they might be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So don't ever see this as a missed opportunity. You have every opportunity to show Christ to your children, even if they're older. So please don't ever think that you are missing out on that opportunity because they can easily follow Christ. And Deuteronomy 11 18 through 21 says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols to your hands. And when he talks about symbols, he's actually talking about like the symbols on a drum set, okay, or those little symbols that you can actually bang like that, because that is not just a symbol that you see, but it's also a symbol that you hear. And bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Does that mean that you leave Jesus here the moment you leave here? No, you take him with you and you teach your children all the same things that you have learned and that you have grabbed while you're here and you continue that, that same uh, direction even in your home. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land of the Lord who swore to give them to your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. He wants you to make sure that God's word is not only just on your heart, but that it can be seen. 
I don't know if any of you have ever like had goals and things like that that you want to accomplish and you start writing little notes to yourself and you have vision boards and everything else. Why do you think that is? It's so that you can have that visual, that you can see that reminder that says, this is exactly the direction I'm taking my family. This is what I want to do. It's just like in God's word where it says, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. It is that, it is that kind of philosophy that my wife and I have chosen for our family. And I'm going to get ready to bring my daughter out here, Ella. So if you can come on out here. Ain't she cute? Yes. So I wanted to bring Ella out here because I wanted you to actually get a kid's perspective on what it means um, to show respect and to obey. So for you, Ella, when you think about the word respect and obeying authority, what does that mean to you? It means that you think highly of or you honor the person in authority. So, like, you obey them, like, no matter what they ask. Yeah. And in our home, how have you seen, you know, respect shown? How have you seen how you guys have to obey and what we've asked of you in our home? So when I was younger and my parents would drop me off at school, they would always say, be kind, be smart, and obey with a happy heart. And, be, and if you do all those things, then you, you're respecting someone. So, like, if you're kind, then you won't say mean things to someone. Mm -hmm. If you're smart, you make smart choices. Like, you don't go in with a hot head. You take a moment and you take a breath before, you know, you interact with someone. Um, and obeying with a happy heart is obeying first time without them saying your name 55 times. <laughs> um, obeying without grumbling or complaining, like, oh, why do I have to do this? Mm -hmm. It's yes ma'am, yes sir. And obeying, like, inside too. Like, without grumbling on the inside too. Yeah. And, yes, yes, give it up for her. And so, why do you think it's important for you as a child to obey the people who are in authority over you, like your parents? In Ephesians 6, it says, honor your father and mother. It's a commandment, not like, a, like they're asking or suggesting. It's a command, like you have to do it so that you can like live long and prosper. <laughs> yeah. You guys like the Star Trek thing, you know, live long and prosper thing. So <laughs> thank you so much, Ella. Good job. So you see, that's actually an example from a child. And I didn't prompt her to say any of this. All I did was, these are the three questions I'd like to ask you, and you come up with your response. And that was her choosing what God has put on her heart through the example that her mom and I have actually given her. And it's an example that has always been focused on God's word. And the only way that any of this can easily or ever happen is if you stay in God's word on a daily basis. When your children see you in God's word, they will, they will be curious and wonder, what is that? I'll give you an example of this, is that my son Jack, and some of you may know Jack, he's a fun-loving, rambunctious kid, just, you know, he's a middle child and whatever comes with that as well. And he, he has seen his mom and I have our moments um, in God's word on a daily basis. And one day I come into the living room and he has his Bible open 
and he has his devotional book. And I said, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm doing my devotions. I was like, oh, did, did mommy tell you to do your devotions? He's like, no. Uh, oh, uh, okay. I was like, well, good for you, buddy. And he was like, why? I was like, because I just, I'm not used to seeing you sit there with your Bible open and going through. He's like, well, you and mommy do it. When he saw that, that's what spoke volumes to me, because he saw an example of Christ in his home, and therefore he has wanted to model it. And I will even say that um, this was probably about a month and a half or two months ago when we actually saw this happening. He was going through this little 30-day devotional book um, for boys. And he has completed that book. He has moved on to another devotional book. And he literally has his devotions each and every day. And it's not because of, of necessarily me, but because of what, the work that God is doing through me and his mother. And then he sees that example. Don't let the world decide what's going to happen with your kids. We have a, a society that is full of all this psychosocial babble. I, I really dislike when I hear um, parents say, well, I just don't want to do this because I think that my kid's going to be mad at me. So? <laughs> my kids are mad at me probably half the time when I tell them they can't do something. But in the end, they're going to appreciate that I told them and corrected their behavior. Okay? And many of you raised your hands talking about how you probably got a whooping back in the day. Did that kill you? No, it didn't kill you. You actually learned the difference between right and wrong by doing that. But the other way that you as parents can do this, because it's not easy raising kids. It's not easy doing this. That's why you need a village. Here at Skyline, we are building communities so that you can surround your children with those who are going to lift them up, who are going to exhort them, people who are going to encourage them, and people who are going to point them to Jesus. But that's got to be a consistent thing, and that starts with you. I know that we have families here who come from brokenness, but God is ready to heal that brokenness. And he wants you to commit that over to him. He wants you to commit your home. He wants you to commit your family over to him. Remember, all of our mess that we have, we can easily surrender that over to Christ. And that's exactly what he wants us to do.